2: It's real simple. You know, if you take a person's legs away, they can't run.
0: Bear down, baby. Yeah, sir. Bears fans, this is Take the North with your hosts, David Haw and Dan Weider. We're going to take the North and never give it back.
1: Welcome to the Take the North podcast. I'm David Haw from 6'7 to score and The Molly Haw Show. Dan Weider from the Chicago Tribune. Day before, I guess this will drop the day of the Bears. Fifth game of the season against the Washington Commanders in the nation's capital. Dan, busy Wednesday at Hallis Hall. A lot of people talking, a lot of speculation. How would you describe the mood at Hallis one day before the fifth game of the season?
2: Yeah, no, I think this is a team that is uh, eager <laughs> to get this losing streak behind them as soon as humanly possible. I think the weight of that has been uh, adding up, and, and you can feel that in the building. I think there's a hope that some of the really positive things they did against Denver can carry over. But again, it's a short week, uh, and we've talked previously, we talked about it last year, about how – the short week challenges for a young team are more sizable because guys are still trying to figure out how to streamline their routine, figure out their preparation, figure out how to get their bodies right. And it's not always easy. It's even more difficult when you got to get on a plane and go on the road. We'll see how the Bears handle
0: it.
1: We want to thank everybody for listening to us on the Take the North podcast through some very difficult weeks. Ooh, a lot of, uh, lot of stuff going on, and, and we, we appreciate your time. You can also follow us on your free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Watch us on 670 Score's YouTube page. Let us know what you think with some feedback. We always appreciate that. Let's get things started today with our opening drive. It's time for the opening, the, the, the opening drive. Dan, there's some big picture things that I want to get into, but I think let's start with some of the details, the injury report. A little surprised to see Jaquan Brisker on it. Safety with a hamstring problem. Boy, that's a difficult blow if he can't go or if he's compromised because they're already dealing with uncertainty in the health situation of Jalen Johnson, Eddie Jackson, Kyla Gordon, and Josh Blackwell. What happened to Jaquan Brisker?
2: Yeah, I, I think it's a little bit frustrating to see his name on the report because this was a, a light week. They obviously just did walkthroughs on Monday and Tuesday and then tried to have a, a almost a regular Friday type of uh, practice and atmosphere on Wednesday. Look, You have to be added to the injury report if you receive treatment on something. And so Matt Eberflus kind of downplayed the extent of Britsker's injury when he spoke to the media after practice. We'll see what this looks like on game night. More significant is what you also mentioned, is that they're already down Kyler Gordon. They're already down Eddie Jackson. They're already down Jalen Johnson. This secondary cannot afford to keep losing bodies, particularly without a pass rush that has any teeth to it right now. Um, so that's another thing to keep tabs on here. We know, obviously, the Bears, since we last talked, went out and signed Daron Harmon off of the Ravens practice squad. So that's a, uh, a veteran presence that comes into your building. How quickly he can get ready to play a game in your system, I have no idea. But uh, these are all things that, that we're keeping uh, tabs on here, as, as the Bears head into week five.
1: Hello, Duran I'd like you to meet um, your, your secondary mates. What's your name again? <laughs> because this is a very patchwork group in the secondary. And it doesn't matter if your quarterback is Sam Howell or whoever. An NFL quarterback, when you have those kind of weaknesses in the secondary potentially, probably going to look pretty good. You need to pressure him. I wonder if that's the plan but you can't put your second order under that kind of duress. So this is not looking good, trending well, heading into Washington.
2: It's all of the, like nothing is trending well. And I think that's like the thing that is the most agonizing look like the offense, I think had a little bit of a breakthrough against Denver. And then just when you wanted to feel good about it, you have those two uh, fourth quarter turnovers and the fourth and one that doesn't pick up the first down and you go, man, like every time you feel like you have something to be encouraged by, you hit something twice as heavy to be discouraged by. So we'll see which direction it goes. I, you know, I just, <laughs> it's, it, it's crazy to me, the, the tone of this season right now, where we're at, you know, it's October 4th and we're having some of these heavy, heavy, big picture conversations about what this means for people all over the organization. And, and I, with all that I've been through in my decade plus covering this team, I, I've never been in this state this early with, with the discussions that are being had uh, about a team that, that, (laughs) you know, conceivably might not win uh, for 365 straight days or longer. So we'll, we'll see what they can do. And, and and I think everyone would be relieved if they could get over the hump just once here. very soon.
1: Before we get to what Matt Averflus had to say about that on Wednesday, Tevin Jenkins Um, is cleared to come off of IR, has done that. There was some suggestion by Luke Getze that he might be able to play. I know you wonder about his conditioning, Dan. I wonder if the Bears are desperate enough to try to play him. What do you think his status will be Thursday night against the Commanders?
2: Yeah, I mean, he really hasn't practiced since – the bears were in Indianapolis for those crossover practices, which is, as you know, was three lifetimes ago in terms of the stories that we've had to cover since then, we thought that Tevin Jenkins injuring his calf on a conditioning run was going to be the most embarrassing thing to happen to this team uh, for, <laughs> for, for three months. And it's like ninth now it's, it's dropped oh, down to nine. So I don't like, like, I don't know. I mean, they, they seem optimistic about the ability. I, I, I feel like that might just be a little bit of gamesmanship here. Um, I, I've all along been, been of the belief that they're going to want to give him a full week of practice, uh, leading in and it'll be a longer week next week leading into uh, the game against the Vikings that seems to be a a, a more uh, sensible and reasonable runway for Tevin Jenkins particularly for a guy who's had an injury history right it does It just doesn't make sense to to get reckless with it throw him back out there in a short week without much practice time he has something that aggravates it and then you go man why did we do that and he's out another three weeks so um, worth keeping an eye on the Bears have until 4 p.m. Eastern time on game day to make that official activation. If not, then we're looking into into week six for that to become official.
1: How surprised are you that there's not been an official transaction regarding Chase Claypool, who remains part of the Bears, remains part of the organization as we take this podcast? There was some speculation. Uh, we talked with Brad Biggs about possibly getting cut before they have to pay him. He is now, I guess, on the exiled list, on the injury list with a designation of other. But uh, how would you describe your surprise or reaction to the way the Chase Claypool saga has played out this week?
2: I mean, I, I, I chuckled when I, when I saw the official designation on the injury report on Monday as other. You know, you're just like, okay, it's like uh, causing headaches for other people. You know, that, that's basically what other is right there. I, I don't know what they're planning to do here. Obviously, I think they're trying to squeeze something out of this you know before there's a, a a permanent separation here i i would be stunned if he was back in the building a week from now um so w- w- what is it you're trying to do here do you do you have somebody on the hook is there somebody on the line saying hey you know we're interested in at least talking about this for a conditional late round pick up the road whatever it is i don't know but uh you would hope one way or another that there's a resolution to this like very firmly by the time you start your practice week next week, because I just can't imagine with all that they have tripped through this week, that it would be worth their time to play around with this for much longer.
1: So you alluded to it, but the big picture focus this week, both at house hall, I think among the media core and around Chicago has been the status of Matt Eberflux. And I think a couple of things have dictated that conversation or at least influenced it. Peter King was on the score. Peter King, the well-respected long-time NFL journalist who used to work for Sports Illustrated and now is working for NBC Sports. And he is as plugged in as anybody who covers the league. He went on the score on the Parkinson Spiegel show and speculated that if the Bears lose in a bad, embarrassing fashion, and we know how likely that could be, that the Bears may respond to that by firing Matt Eberflus. And I think this comes on the heels of our, our colleague and friend, Brad Biggs, addressing that on a you know very, fairly consistent basis in his weekly 10 Thoughts column at ChicagoTribune.com. <laughs> and obviously, it's out there. It's a different era in the NFL, Dan. But how do you think um, you'd describe your reaction to the reporting on this or the speculation? And then take us through what Matt Eberflux had to say in response to the questions on Wednesday.
2: Well, look, like I, I've got a little something for you in numbers game when we get around – To that on this topic. Um, I think you phrased that well just a minute ago that the reporting or the speculation. Peter was very straightforward on his interview on WSCR saying, on this particular topic, I have no inside information. I'm just surmising here that with the way things have gone for the Bears and how bad of a state they're in, that nothing's off the table. And so I think that has kind of gotten uh, legs probably more than Peter intended as he just kind of pontificated knowing what he knows about the state of the team right now. I find it Difficult to believe that the Bears launching Matt Eberflus um, comes with follow-up plans, right? Like you and I have talked about this, about like, what do you do then? You're already down a defensive coordinator. Now you get rid of the guy who's calling the plays and overseeing the entire team. How do you rearrange all the deck chairs on the Titanic to make sure everything is is still in place? I think there's a belief that, oh, just you just – you launch them and you move on and you've already embarrassed yourself enough. Why go through anything further? Well, look like you can embarrass yourself much, much more if you don't have the infrastructure in place to, to then, you know, adjust to new reality, to not have the bodies, to not have the the leadership, to not have the direction of things here. And so it seems drastic to me. It really does at this stage, you know, in, in week five to, to be uh, here, particularly given what we talked about with, with, with what, the depth chart, like the next man up thing on the coaching staff, how do you do that? How do you rearrange that in any way that makes sense and doesn't put your team uh, in a, a more disastrous state? Um, we'll see which way it goes. Look, I think everybody inside that building, David, would would prefer it if they just went out and won Thursday night and we could just punt this backwards a week. Matt Eberfuse, uh, you know, basically said on, on Wednesday afternoon after practice that he stays where his feet are, tries to focus on the task at hand. He says he feels support from the brass above him hadn't had any specific conversations on it um so look like i don't i don't know how you compare this to patch.com from a couple of years ago uh but these are two stories that kind of start to to mushroom up and and now now you're you're kind of dealing with those inside the building to some level
1: yeah i think it, there's a new category uh, of sports uh reporting i suppose that's even uh, sports media informed speculation is kind of the term and a lot of people engage in that and i, and I don't think peter started off his conversation intending to light a match or anything. I just think that people uh, like myself, I mean, we were, we talked about it for uh, a good part of our our Wednesday morning show because people are curious. And and again, I think people also look around professional sports and the patience levels of owners and and executives is as short as it ever has been. So I, I think that we all want to cover ourselves in terms of, Talking about the range of possibilities, and the range of possibilities is as wide as ever because of some of the economic realities in place here. Well, but it,
2: like, so I so will ask you this: Have you been able to get to that next step on the connect the dots chart in your own mind to to say, okay, if they do that, then what?
1: Well, I, I think, yeah, I mean, I, only hypothetically, I, I think that it, that's that's the part that that creates, I think, probably the the biggest source of the speculation is that I've always been a believer that you're not going to make a move unless you, you considered the alternative and thought all the way through. And in doing that, I think that your possible interim coaches would be guys on the staff who don't have um, maybe the gravitas or the experience, or maybe even the respect in in the locker room, which is something that we can't, I can't speak to, but you know, Richard Hightower, I don't know if that would be a good move or disastrous for the final third, four, 12 games. Uh, Luke get. See, I don't know if that's a smart move either. So I think those are the guys on either side of, of the ledger to be candidates to be interim head coaches if you go that route. I don't know about the idea of bringing somebody, somebody in like the Colts did a year ago firing <laughs> Frank Reich in uh, nine games into the season and, and let Jeff Saturday kind of learn how to coach and go from high school to the NFL. I don't see that happening. Although, again, because of the way the Colts handled that, I think has lent itself to why some of the speculation has been as wild as it seems this week. We just saw it happen in the NFL a year ago. And I wonder if people are trying to cover themselves. I'm with you though. I would be, I would be, as I said, in the I think I use this term on, on the radio, the gobsmacked. I would be very surprised <laughs> if Friday morning we're talking about the Bears have called the press conference to announce the firing of Matt Eberflus. I can't believe we're even having this conversation. We're five games in. But it's the way of the world and the way the NFL works these days. So I guess part of me does understand
2: it. My, my. So I have a, another question for you in a second. But it was just two weeks ago that Ryan Poles was in front of the media expressing his uh, confidence in Matty Berfus. Now, the two things that have happened since are <laughs> you got you were down 41 to nothing at Arrowhead Stadium. And the next week you gave up a 21 point lead at home to a team that was winless. Um so that changes the, the the thought process certainly to some extent, and we see those images from the game on Sunday of poles up in the box uh, at Soldier Field and Jeff King with his uh, face in his hands, and and they're they're all just trying to to wrap their brains around all these things. My other question to you is like, do you feel depressed that this has become a leading topic of conversation in the first week of October in our city?
1: I right, I answer the the first question first. Um, you know the the fact that. Uh, we haven't talked about the the presence of Kevin Warren, I think makes everything a little bit more uncertain because we don't know what direction he wants to take this in. That's the only factor that is different from previous controversies, previous seasons that it, where we've speculated the patch.com, for instance. We don't know how Kevin Warren is going to respond to his team that he is a is president of being embarrassed on national television then in front of his home fans. We don't know how he feels about the dysfunction that has spilled over in the way of a very odd explanation for Nate Davis's preseason lack of practice time that spilled over into Alan Williams resigning under mystery, which spilled over into Chase Claypool being banished from the building. These are embarrassing, dysfunctional episodes that have nothing or very little to do with being 0-4 and having, you know, 14 straight losses. Last thing on Kevin Warren, before I get to your second question, he has also been part of something that where the established precedent, he was a commissioner of the big 10 where he canceled football. And then a short time later, after that circumstances changed and everything that he said about canceling football, what didn't apply because the situation changed. And he was not too stubborn to, to, Go back to what you know, he is. He has been part of changing something because of historical precedent. And I think that I don't know if that is relevant now, but I wouldn't dismiss it in thinking about why what Kit, Ryan Poles said a couple weeks ago is no longer valid because sure. everything changes quickly in the NFL. Now, as far as the conversation, does it depress me? No, I, I think am I'm, I'm a realist and, and it doesn't necessarily depress me. There are a lot of things to be disappointed about, but in the state of today's, you know, mainstream media sports media uh reporting in general Oh no
2: I, I and i don't mean i don't mean it from a like uh, you know speculation does it does it depreciate it's more it's more from the standpoint of like <laughs> my god we've got a long way to go in this season and how in the world is this going to be interesting if we're already at you know press the button and and launch everyone state
1: well that's that's interesting Dan, because i've been on both sides of this now i've been where you've sat and 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 at the facility every day and so if, if i were in that position I would be very, I would be kind of in a different frame of mind because there's a drudgery factor that sets in. It's like if you if you return from Washington D.C. on Friday and the Bears are 0-5 and you're considering a coaching search and a coaching change and a lot of bad football and there's three months left in the season, yes, I can see why you use the word depressed. I'm in a different seat. I'm in a different vantage point, and I've had the benefit of being, you know. Up close and at the facility every day, and now I'm not. So from where I'm not at now, I I don't necessarily I understand why. I, I, I guess I, it doesn't doesn't wear me down as much because I am trying to think of practical solutions. I do want to look at it as less of a a, a drudgery as much as it could be a, a quick fix or or changing the subject or or finding a solution. You know, you got to stop the leaking. So you call. You know, you, you call the plumber. You 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 do whatever you need to do to to live another day, to to move on. So I think that's where I'm looking at it differently. I'm not I'm not in there in the sausage factory. I'm yeah. just looking from afar and hoping that everything turns out well.
2: Yeah. Well, hopefully something turns out well at some point.
1: <laughs> yeah. And and I and I think that you know it's easy it's easy to sit here and, and we don't want to we don't want to diminish too. These are people's careers and families are involved, and I don't think that you know you think we're we're, we're, we're talking, and people are like, Well, you know, you guys cover the team. Why are you put out the people that are involved? I can't imagine what it would be like to be Matt Eberfluss's family right now. I mean, they, you know, they had a good situation in Indianapolis. You get the job and an opportunity of a lifetime, moves to Chicago, and now they haven't been here two years. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it's like, uh, Did we rent or buy? And I asked somebody that today. It's like, If you wanted to settle in Chicago as a coach of the Bears and you don't even finish, you know, a season and a half if these reports or this speculation comes true then then you start to feel some empathy in a in a job that really doesn't require that to be you know on the air covering the team that's not part of it but you can't help but have some
2: no doubt. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And <laughs> we'll see which direction this goes uh, again when this is the second of five games in October. Um, you're hopeful that 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 it's not an embarrassing loss. You're hopeful that there is signs that that they, they've moved in the right direction. But again, they're 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 beat up. We'll get our predictions in a, in a few minutes. I don't think anyone here uh, is picking the Bears to win. So um, buckle in and, and see what Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday have to hold.
1: All right, let's get into that with our numbers game and predictions. All right, we'll start with our numbers game. We'll get to those. We bring them every week, and then we'll get to our predictions and bring in Adam Szynski as well when we get to that point. All right, Dan, what are your, what are your uh, couple numbers to um, point Yeah, out? I
2: got four of them for you today. The first one is six. It's the number of sacks that Khalil Mack had on Sunday for the Los Angeles Chargers. It matches the Bears total for the past nine games. The entire defense for the past nine games has had six sacks. Khalil had them in one game against the Raiders, his former team, uh, on Sunday. That's one that uh, that hits, hits a little weird.
1: It's a little weird. It also it comes in a week where I think Nicholas Morrow had a big Three. game. Uh, Travis Gibson <laughs> had a big game. Um, and there was uh, Mario Edwards Jr. had a pretty big game. And the
2: Seahawks had 11 sacks themselves in a game on Monday night.
1: Is that (laughs) all? Okay, that's a good number. Thank you. for You talk about depressed. That'll depress you. All right, second number, 471.
2: Let's, let's, Let's cheer up for a minute. That's the number of total yards that the Bears had against the Broncos on Sunday. It was their sixth highest total of the past 10 seasons, and their most since that week four blowout in 2018 against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when Matt Nagy was just a uh, young up-and-coming coach of the year candidate and Mitch Trubisky was still brimming with uh, with, with positive potential uh, in a season where he was headed to the Pro Bowl for the first and only time. Uh, 471, nice number to chew on as they go to, to Washington.
1: Do you remember that day? I mean, that was as hopeful of a day. That Monday morning was was crazy in Chicago because you felt like the quarterback had arrived. They obviously wasn't a great team, but he had six touchdown Passes. Matt Nagy was here, and everyone was. Defense was nasty. Yeah. Oh yeah. Defense was nasty. Vic Fangio was grumpy, and everything was going great.
2: No question. Those were the days. Them were the days. All right. I'm going to flip here. Uh, 30. That's the number of plays that Commanders quarterback Sam Howell's had this year, where he has been sacked or turned the ball over. He's been sacked 24 times. He's thrown five interceptions. He's lost one fumble. The Bears obviously only have two sacks and two takeaways as an entire team through the first four games of the season. But man, that's a young quarterback uh, who has shown a propensity to have negative plays here and there. You better find a way to get a couple of those per quarter just to keep yourself rolling here. And let's see if uh, if the Bears can do that. Now,
1: Sam Howell, that's a North Carolina
2: quarterback you can trust. (laughs) Yeah, I hear you. So, all right, my last number is minus 260. That is both the odds on the Washington Commanders to win Thursday night's games, and it is now the odds that I've been receiving in my inbox from a number of betting institutions that say that Matt uh, Eberflus is now the odds-on favorite at minus 260 to be the next NFL coach fired. So to our previous discussion, this is now – Intensified in the gambling markets, and just when you put those two numbers side by side, and you understand kind of the probabilities, right? Like this one is, will the the Commanders beat the Bears on Thursday night? The other one is, will this guy be the next guy fired? And they're equal. You go, whoa! Like this is this is kind of the perception and the reality around the league.
1: The only person who views that news as good news is Brandon Staley. He's no longer <laughs> the odds-on favorite to get fired first after he makes some dumb decisions. And again. the Bears
2: will the Bears will see him later this month.
1: I love Brandon Staley. That's my guy. Stay off him. That's your guy. I love Brandon Staley. I mean, I like him personally. I think he's a pretty interesting guy. As a head coach, he's a very hard to defend head coach. <laughs> we'll I can't have, wait till that week. Yeah,
2: we'll have all sorts of time at the end of the month to, 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 and one to dive into 25. that.
1: Twenty-five. Let's let's figure out a way we can blow this one. What do you got? What do you got in the hopper this week, Brandon? Okay, uh,
2: fine. Uh, re- a read option up the gut with uh, two missed blocks. <laughs> oh wait, never mind. That was wait, no. <laughs> that's the
1: wrong bad coach. Okay. <laughs> All right, so let's do our predictions. I don't have any numbers because uh, I want to get right to our predictions because we want to give Adam Studzinski as much time as possible for his meatballs and Studzinski segment. I guess we're going to dovetail that into a prediction segment today. Hey, Studs,
0: what do you hey. think of Bears
1: and Commanders?
0: All right, so first off, I uh, this is something that's been stewing in my brain for a while. I just want to express it. Commanders is like one of the worst nicknames in all of sports <laughs> history. Like they had a golden opportunity in front of them after they got rid of that racist name to pick a really cool name or do something really cool. Like there was the storyline about like the Red Hawks would be a really cool name for them for historic reasons. And uh they didn't do it. It was like, hey, let's just pick a random name because we forgot this is due today. And they went with commanders. There's two teams in the state of Illinois, high school teams, that are nicknamed the Pretzels. Yeah. That's a better nickname than Freeport, commanders. Right? Freeport is Fre- Fre- one of them. Fre- Freeport and New Berlin. New Berlin's near where uh Near where I grew up in Centralville, Illinois. Okay. Versus, like first, like that's a whole other story. Why are there? Why there's two teams like that? I don't know. But that's still a better nickname. The Ttapless
2: so to... Wooden Shoes for those who don't <laughs> know about the Ttapless Wooden Shoes downstate.
0: I did I, that one. I did not know either. Uh, <clears throat> so anyway, I just wanted to get that off my chest. I just can't, I can't. It still bugs me, and I know that Dan Snyder is out now, so maybe there's an opportunity to rename the team again. But it Washington Football Team was a better name than Commanders. They could have just no, was no, I thought, Washington I thought, football team. That was terrible. <laughs> I thought it was I thought it was less lame than Commanders. I don't know why. Maybe it's because they went from that to Commanders. And it's like, oh, so you're going from one lame name to a lamer name.
2: Cool. Like I'm I'm with you here because I feel like Commanders is like the, the, the name that you they give the team on a video game because they don't have the licensing rights to the actual league names, right? And Seriously. then it's like oh yeah
0: or like Wildcats, like every little league team has has the Wildcats, <laughs> right? And so <clears throat> anyway, now now that that's aside, and and uh, I uh, here's here's uh here's my pick for this week. I think that my prediction on the Score website actually had a, a smaller version of that rant that I just went on about the Commander's nickname, and then I said that Sam Howell is not a good quarterback yet. He's been off and on, off and on, off and on. <sighs> and so, anyway, my my prerequisite last week, if you guys remember, was that if the Bears. Can't score at least 25 points against the Broncos. I'm not picking them. I'm not picking them again for a while. Well, they got over 25 points and I know I'm making a bad pick. I'm just going to pick them because I feel like picking them. (laughs) So I'm going to go Bears. uh, What did I say in the website? It doesn't matter. Bears 25, Commanders 24. And just because I'm feeling ambitious and I want to be right when everyone else is wrong, we're going to say the Bears get two sacks, which is wild, and two turnovers, which is even wilder. And Justin Fields throws three touchdowns against a weak secondary. Wow, and uh, I'm just making that up off, off off the top of my head again. I know I'm going to be wrong, so I'm 25, 24. <laughs> I know I'm going to be wrong, so I'm just going to be really loud. Uh, I'm
1: curious how they're going to get the 25, but we, uh, we throw we'll throw a two see. point conversion
0: in there. All right, talk, that's okay. good.
1: All right. 25, 24 Bears <laughs> over Commanders. Adam Sazinski's in the books, Dan. I have the Bears beating the line but not beating the Commanders.
2: Commanders 27, Bears 23. Uh, This front that Washington brings to the table is is pretty nasty. You've got Payne and Allen on the inside. You've got Sweat and Young on the outside. You've got an opportunity to make life a little difficult for the Bears offensive line. I am not feeling comfortable with the the, the secondary depletion as we talked about in the opening. Um, Terry McLaurin's still a a tough cover in this league, and he's going to have an opportunity to make some big plays down the field. The Bears have not shown us anything to trust when they're in close games uh with a chance to pull out the win they just haven't shown anything they they, they they have shriveled so many times that i need to see it to believe it and so they're gonna have to win a game i think before i pick them again
1: i don't think i'm gonna pick them to win until they prove they can win again um i do like your prediction uh for what the washington defensive line will do to the bears offensive line mm-hmm. pain
0: <laughs> hey, let me let me ask that's you guys this. Do you, do, you guys, do you guys think the washington defensive front is better or worse than last year marginally mm-hmm. better marginally worse uh in four games probably would i've seen most probably marginally better maybe pretty uh, similar right i mean like similar. They're, yeah they're I, similar. I, know, so I just i will because i've heard back and forth on this and a couple people have said they're a little they're not quite as good so i mean they're still very good don't get me wrong it's just, I, I was thinking about last year's game and the Bears, despite not scoring touchdowns, did move the ball on them. Mm-hmm. And I mean, what did they finish the night with? Like 13 points? Seven. Or no, I can't. What was it? Seven? It's it was 12 and seven. Hey, 12 I, to I, seven. Wait, listen <laughs> to what <laughs> I said. Moved, I said, I, said I, I know they didn't get that. the ball in the end zone. I said, I know they didn't this, get the ball in the end zone, classic. but they moved the ball. Al Michaels fell asleep. Classic I mean, Bears fandom. They got seven, but
1: they, they were they were they were effective. They were close. Dan, there were five plays, and if they converted, <laughs> they would have scored 37.
2: Yeah, I mean, no, no, Sorry, Stubbs, he's mad at us now. He's, he's mad, mad at us now.
1: All right, finish
0: his thoughts, studs. Go ahead. No, this, that's it. That's all I got. <laughs> I, I'm, I was trying to make a point that they did move the ball, and a couple times. I know that they didn't get the ball in the end zone, and that's all that matters. But I was trying I was trying to think when I when I this is what I do, when I go through making a pick, I'm just gonna pick the bears anyway because that's what I do. but and because I don't really like you know, making picks is kind of a it's just it's for fun, right? So I'm just right. gonna, you know, so anyway, I'm going through and I'm thinking, okay, Commander's lines about the same as it was last year. Very good. Bears offensive line is a little better than it was last year. Not good. Slightly better. It's like in the Simpsons that uh, episode where Rainier Wolfcastle is trying to figure out how to say "up" and "Adam." He keeps going "up" and "Adam," and the guy's trying to get him to say, and he's like getting frustrated, frustrated, frustrated. And they finally stop, and he goes, "Better." So that's the that's the that's the Bears' offensive line is like marginally better, and so I think they will be able to move the ball now. Whether they can punch the ball in the end zone, like, they get in the red zone. They've been good in the red zone this year, so that's the glimmer of hope that I get to when I when I pick them to win a game.
1: Who will drop the pass in the end zone this year? It
0: wasn't them? dropped. It was
1: caught. Oh, that's right. Who? It was caught. It. Yeah, it did go down. Was okay, Bobbled at the one. Bobbled at the one. That was, it was caught. It okay. was a completion. It was Mooney. All right, it was Mooney. I, I, I forget some of these games. They all run together. All right, was, so... Uh, so just for the record, for a uh,
2: uh, trip down memory lane, I, I watched that game from my basement. I was in uh, COVID, COVID oh, yeah. quarantine uh, for that awful Thursday night game, and I thought my head couldn't have hurt any, any more that game.
1: <laughs> I'm picking 27-20 commanders over the Bears I just can't see the Bears they're back to their getting stuck at 20 offensively I, I, I hope I hope they come out and explode because we need the subject to be changed I hope that we're talking on Friday morning about the Bears have some sort of offensive execution that you know they play four quarters like the first two against the Broncos but it seems very far-fetched to expect that even though that would be a great story in Chicago
0: yeah, like All I right. said, like I said, I know I'm making a bad pick, and that's fine. <laughs> you don't have to disc- you
1: don't have to have a disclaimer, studs. You can pick the Bears without offering a disclaimer. We get it. It's okay. It's okay. But we're just saying that there's always every game where you can say, Well, you know, these six plays. If they oh, had these sure. six plays, we would have like, you know, a playoff team. <laughs> yeah, I'm
2: gonna go. I'm gonna go on the rant next about all the drives that that Justin would have finished if if those guys had just caught a fourth down ball at midfield, and then there would have been six plays to put the ball in the end zone. Or if the guy didn't fumble at the thirty, the next three plays would have put the ball in the end zone. All all the would have, could have, should have, but we we don't. <laughs> We don't have time for that. We don't have time. Today. All right, let's we'll get move to our on two minute
1: drill. Let's move on to two minute drill. The two minute drill. The two minute drill. All right, Dan, unrelated to the game itself, but I think the stuff surrounding the game, and there's a lot of it. The, the Washington Commanders, um, this is the first time the Bears have played them since the $6.05 billion sale to the Harris Group, and Daniel Snyder no longer part of the equation. The Harris Group squarely involved it has created a sense of enthusiasm in the organization a new start a fresh start and i just wonder tomorrow night thursday night excuse me thursday night when people are watching this bears fans in chicago i can tell you just from the the talk radio uh response every week after the bears lose another game everybody wants them to sell the team do you <laughs> think that there's any kind of instructive lesson or takeaway from seeing what's happened to the Washington organization, the Washington football team, and and what new ownership has done to infuse that with enthusiasm and and energy and what could be possible if the Bears ever went down that road.
2: Very different situations. There was such a level of Toxicity in Washington—that just you know—is as is embarrassing as things get at House Hall. There's not that level of grime. It doesn't appear uh, on a regular basis like they had under Dan Snyder. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what what. That's what's a good distinction. About I'm,
1: I'm glad you said that because I, I don't want to. I don't want to suggest that. I just because I, I, you're right. There is no comparison that way.
2: Yeah. And, and so, you know, some of that it was it was almost inevitable and necessary that, that the commanders made that fresh start. Now, obviously, they're benefiting from it. Um, I don't know. I don't know where they take that other than to say that, like, look, like, you know, as the years unfold, things will evolve. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what else you got in terms of things that we haven't covered? Um, we mentioned the, the problems in the secondary. We mentioned Tevin Jenkins. Um, anybody else going to be involved that may be new to the equation? How many wide receivers will be active this week?
2: Well, that, you know, some of that is, you know, look like Chase Claypool's exit opens up opportunities. We saw Valus Jones. I think he had a, a, a double digit gain on a, on a run the other day day, but then it got negated by a penalty. Tyler Scott was more involved. You've got opportunities for some of these younger guys to step forward and seize opportunities with with reps being opened up in the receiving core. We'll see where they go. I did think that there was a lot of good stuff, and we didn't have enough time this week to talk about it because of the short week and all the drama that was swirling. The Bears offense did some wonderful stuff through the first three quarters of that game against Denver. One of my favorite sequences was at the start of the second quarter when they hit the uh, touchdown pass to DJ Moore. They come back and they stop a kickoff return inside the 10-yard line, get a quick punt take over in plus territory and go right down the field again for another touchdown when you talk about just like beautiful complimentary football and the momentum that can create that sequence was one that like the bears win that game and they and they avoid all this other swirling drama we would have talked about it for for eight eight or nine minutes so i gave it 30 seconds there because i thought it was a beautiful display that could be learned from
1: how would you describe the the tone of Everyone else who has, been, who has talked this week, I know it's a short week, but have they? Has there been a rallying uh, factor around Matt Eberflus? Has there been, you know, people offering their defense or asked about it? How would you describe overall what it's been like this week? in a few days of yeah,
2: house. I'd, I'd say not a script I don't think it's come up uh very often I don't think there's been a a, a heavy rallying cry uh at all I don't think there's been a you know s- stomping on the uh, on the escape lever to to, to to kick him out the door either but um look like this is the next chapter you know when you've got A big game here. Uh, You're going to follow with the mini-vi in a longer time to prepare for another losing streak, the division losing streak, which regardless of what happens in Washington, the Bears will host the Vikings a week from now trying to win their first NFC North game in a long, long time, and a lot of those games have been blowouts. And so um, I just think there's an urgency here right now of guys that have been through this for a long time and being like, I'm just – I'm done with this, and we've got to get on the right side of one of these soon.
1: Uh, Do you – were you surprised that Luke Getse was as candid as he was about Justin Fields' role in that fumble that led to the touchdown uh, by the Broncos because he essentially described the play and placed a lot of responsibility, I guess I should say more than I expected him to publicly at the feet of Justin Fields.
2: No, this. and no. And like, I'm refreshed by that. And this is how Luke has operated from the get-go since he's been here. It's that, you know, anything that he has felt comfortable discussing with Justin, he feels comfortable that sharing, you know, and, and, and being a little bit more explanatory about how things are supposed to work and, and how they're not look like, I think we would both agree that Justin has very little time to react to that situation that was presented there, but that's going to be a reality going forward. If you want to get him out of the pocket and you want to use bootlegs and you want to use nakeds to, you know, get him out of a zone that's uncomfortable for him, which is inside the pocket. Well, now these are things that you're going to have to adapt to. Teams are going to play you a certain way. Teams are going to bring free runners at you. I thought Luke was really good in saying, look, in touchdown pass to Herbert, Justin encountered a very similar situation and navigated it well and bought himself time and threw a touchdown pass. Now you got to do it in another critical moment there in, in a way that, you know, you take the, uh, the proper depth, you do it with a little, um, you know, Different timing. And, and and maybe you buy yourself, as we talked about the other day, another three quarters of a second to either make a play or at least get rid of the ball so that you live to see another day. Um, I didn't find it to be damning at all. I thought it was just explanatory. And I, I think I think Justin would probably tell you the same thing.
1: Anything else going on that we haven't covered? I mean, it's like it's very quiet. at House all right. It's just nothing. Uh, just another well, week. Just on a personal note, uh, on Saturday
2: morning in Lincoln Park, I'm going to be back in the Race to Cure Sarcoma 5K. Uh, This is in honor of my father, who passed away two years ago, uh, from sarcoma. Um, There's an opportunity to still register, I believe, for the race uh, online. If you Google Race to Cure Sarcoma and go on and and to donate Uh, one way or another, maybe I'll get a a Twitter link out soon to to people that can uh, contribute to that cause. Obviously, something that my family feels very strongly about given what we went through two years ago. And so it uh, looks like it's going to be a nice weekend. And so uh, they, they mo- the race this year is down uh, by by the lake and, and down by Lincoln Park. The Chicago Marathon is Sunday. Um, so I'll, I'll, I will not be running 26.2, but I can get in my 5K and feel good about myself.
1: Oh, that's pretty good. That's great. That's great to know. People should check that out. This marathon is Sunday. I'm actually going to be uh, – I'm not running in it, but I am going to be uh, out there as part of the uh, – score broadcast. I'm not gonna be have an active role, but I just want I'm very curious. So I'm looking forward to going out on the path and on the trail. I know some people who are running that I've done a lot of stories, several stories over the years with people who have run the marathon. It is a transformative experience for a lot of people that I've talked to and written about. And it's just something that I think is worth it going out there to observe, and that's what I'm going to do. That's my first baby step. I'd love to run in a marathon one day. I don't think that I could, but I do want to see what it's like. So big weekend, definitely uh, you're running for a great cause. And on Sunday, a lot of people running for – uh, themselves and it means a lot. So this is a big weekend of running after we get through the Bears Commanders on Thursday night. Yeah,
2: it should be fun. Hopefully I still have some legs in me after uh, Bears Commanders. <laughs> All
1: right, safe travels out there. Thank you for listening to the Take the North podcast on your free Odyssey app and watching on 670 Scores' YouTube page. For Adam Sadzinski, Dan Weider, I'm David Hawk. We'll talk to you after the game with quick reaction. Studs and I will weigh in while Dan is beating Deadline, and then we'll get back on our regular schedule next week when the bears have a mini buy when anything is possible thanks for listening to the takes north podcast great talk see you out
0: there